God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your mercy. For who you are, God, our living bread. God, the bread of life, living water, God, air to our lungs, God, oxygen to our soul. And God, we're so grateful for this moment. We're so grateful for this church, for this ability to even talk to you and get to know you, Father. So thank you for your presence, God. We don't deserve it, but we just relish it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Tell the person hi to you real quick. Say hi or yo or something else. If you have some uh, room next to you, can you scooch a little bit too? Uh, just to make sure. Spouses, you should sit close to each other. And uh, don't, don't have like three chairs between you. Um, if, if some folks are looking for a chair, please come on up. There's, you can have my chair. That's fine up here. Um, but good morning. Man, I love looking back and seeing a church that worships. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not about, sorry, Jen, it's not about you. No. She knows this. But there's nothing more, there's nothing more rewarding than to look out and see hands, hands raised. Amen? Um, and it's not just about that. It's about a heart issue. But we believe that the outward, outward um, demonstration is, is a reflection of the inner heart. And I won't go much deeper than that. I'm going to get too deep. All right. You know, in the Bible, the word good is like, it's, it's hard. It, the word good, I won't go into it, but the word good is like, think of the most exciting thing you can think of. And like, you know, the Broncos winning the Super Bowl, which won't happen for a while. But think of something where you're like super happy. I remember, I remember you know, people like jumping up and down and like, biblically, that's good. Like, if you can think of it, we think of good as like, how, how was your day? Do you ever ask your kids, how was your day? Good. What did you do? Good. You're not even listening to me. But there's something about that word good, and we'll, maybe we could talk about that later, John, in a future sermon, but the word good, and I think you guys get it, but it just, it, it, uh, it captures so much. Uh, welcome. I'm going to, I want to give it over to John so he can keep preaching on First Peter, and uh, we have a good pastor who brings a good word. Most of the time. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jeez. <laughs> can you imagine, I mean, just, just real quick, it's, it's, can you imagine having to put together a public presentation every week? I mean, Paul's looking at me as a teacher, I'm like, yes, okay. But every single week, you do this Sunday thing, and you, and you present, and then you got to do it all over again. You know, I got my friend Roz on a pastor, it's, like, it's just such a hard thing to do. It's like, you got to just boom, go, go, and it's like this merry-go-round. So let's do our part as the church to like, you know, participate in this. It's not just a guy talking up here. Uh, but anyway, we just got to pray for him that he continues to stay sharp, bring the word of God, and that we reflect and, uh, and take that and apply it to our lives. Amen? Amen. Welcome to everybody's here. Welcome if you're online. Uh, I've been going through this uh, journal in my life. It's called the Daily Planner. And uh, it's, I, I really love it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's actually really annoying. <laughs> Because you have to, you have to fill this thing out every single day. Does anybody uh, do their day out every, uh, plan their day every single day? Very few folks. I know it's really hard. John turned me on to it. He's like, "You're gonna be really productive, but you're gonna, you're gonna hate your life." <laughs> and I, and I, I know what he means. But I've been doing this uh, every single day. Like, and it starts out. And I was just thinking about the context of the song. You start out the day. What you're grateful for? What are you excited about? 
And at the end of the day, you go through your day, and then at the end of the day, you do today's wins. I have no wins on this one, Rico, so I don't know what happened to that day. That was a bad day. It was Friday. I just, I probably went to bed. And then the last thing is how I'll improve. And I was just thinking of that song, Good, Seanity, and I was thinking, like, either you're in a place of where God was good, or you're, you're saying that statement of the future of God will be good. And I think it's a third thing, too. It's in the present right here in this moment. And I think we reflect on how God's been good, what we think about right now in this moment at 1120 on March 17th, that God is good. And we also cast that forward of, God, you're good. I don't know what your week looks like. My week's going to be tough, and I know this. You guys know you're about to enter situations where something's going to be tough in your life. And I think this is a posture towards the future as well, that we as a church, we say, God, you're good, whatever happens. That, God, I know stuff's going to come my way. Am I going to foil and be like, God, you're not good? Um, it could happen. Uh, it, but we just know that this is, the, this is the, the rhythm of life that we want to convey as the church. And I think as the Bible talks about that, God is good irrespective of our situation, regardless of what's going on, that God is good. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, ushers, you can come forward. Quick announcement. We have our homeless care packages coming up. This is... Uh, this is uh, sponsored by Hill City Kids. And uh, do you want to come up here, Junior? He's like, no. Look at this hair. I didn't get clapped for, but that's okay. So Junior Vargas, Robert Junior Vargas, he's one of our kids. And uh, I know I totally put you on the spot, but they, uh, him and uh, Bobby and his sons shaved their heads last Sunday for uh, St. Baldrick's cancer uh, research and, uh, and support. Sorry I'm taking so long. Um, but it was just so cool, I was talking to Bobby about it, that it's cool when your kids hit a point where they understand the context of not just, you know, you know, you, you, know, you didn't just shave your head because it was cool, right? His hair was like, he had a lot of beautiful black hair this last Sunday, and I remember talking to him, he's like, yeah, I gotta shave it, but uh, it looks good, but he understands the context of what he did, right, and what it symbolizes. Uh, but can you tell, uh, can you, can you want to tell him a little bit of what we're doing for the homeless care packages? So we're going to make homeless care packages for the homeless out there so they could have stuff so they don't just, not so freezing and not so sad and everything. I give him a hand. Good job. Stay up there with me, okay? So we give these packages. This is, this is a, yes, it meets a, a physical need, and we believe in, in meeting uh, physical poverty at Hill City Church. But this is a, this is a means, uh, in some ways, a means to an end, right, is to meet someone and to equip you in your car at any moment when, a guy, when the guy or the woman is sitting there and they need something or they're asking for something, we have these on hand. Um, we believe in just, just sort of uh, unrestrained generosity here, too. Um, some of you might think, ah, they, you know, they're big or whatever. Like, do this. Amen? Give them something that they need. And uh, so, uh, more importantly, they don't lose that. We're raising funds for this. You have two weeks. So in two weeks, the kids are going to get together in back here, and they're going to they're gonna build or assemble, I think, hundreds of these bags. And so we give to it as the church so that we can buy the supplies, and then we expect you as families, as participants in this thing to come and grab some bags and have them in your car, have them on you at all times so that when the, when the moment arrives, you're equipped, all right? All right, cool. I'm gonna pray and we'll move forward.
God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for our kids uh, who, who want to uh, be generous, who want to meet a physical need. And uh, we thank you for that we get the opportunity to do this. We have so much. We are rich, as the sermon we just went through. And it's up to us to, to give to our community, to participate in, in your calling and your mission. And so, God, just be with us. Give us conviction. I uh, pray that we would give generously to this and, and not hold back in, a, in, in really touching the lives of, of Denver and beyond. So, God, I pray for John right now as he speaks. And, uh, God, that we would focus our hearts. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, 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 good. I just want to take a moment. I just think there's a, a lot of people who are just going through it, and I just want to pray over you guys. Is that okay? I think there's a lot of, as, I'm, as I greet as many people as I can in the morning, there's a lot of people coming in with heavy hearts and, and uh, heavy minds and, and uh, those who are uh, uh, just going through it. I, if we can just uh, put a hand on a shoulder or just like just uh, uh, just hold the person's hand next to us. I know that's it's that something we normally do, like maybe past kindergarten. Um, but I just want to do this. I just want to pray over us. Just take a moment. Just, just take a moment. I pray your peace, God. I know that there's a lot of people sick, a lot of people going through some major things in their life that we need prayer for. But I pray that we be the church of Jesus. We don't come to a place. We are who you say we are. And I pray that you are good. And God, if we truly believe you're good, then I'm all right. It's not going to be easy, but I'll be good. I trust you for my future, and I trust you even for my past, Lord God, that you can redeem even the heartaches, Lord God, the broken things, Lord, and make them into a masterpiece, Lord. I trust you with all the things that I tr I've been trying to hold on to, that we've been trying to hold on to, that's weighing us down, and we bring it before you as our offering and say, take us, Lord God. Give us your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're a guest with us, I just, I just want you to know that we, as uh, the people of the church, that we always, that our, our heart is to, is to trust Jesus. And, and sometimes it's very hard. Uh, I think the book of Peter, 1 Peter, is a book written during times of suffering. It wasn't written during times of happy times. It was actually written during hard times. And... Uh, and I, I really believe that many of you guys are answers, and you guys are comforts, and you guys are lights, and you guys are smiles. And so make sure that uh, we understand who we are. And that's what I'm talking about today. 
Also, there's invitation cards right in front of you, like little business cards. I want you guys to each take one, put it in your wallet, and make it, make it something that you do this week. Invite one person into your life and into this place that needs love, that needs just some joy. And I know it's hard, but we are about making bold moves. I think that's making a bold move is important. So here we are. Here's Peter in 1 Peter, right here. And uh, it, it, it's all about identity. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to just go over the chapter of uh, certain areas, but he's speaking to the scattered church, the church that's running, that church that is hiding. Can you imagine being the church of Peter's time where Emperor Nero, if you know Nero, it's during his reign. And for some of those who remember world history class in middle school, right? Is, is that what they teach in middle school in history? Middle school history, some Roman history there? Yeah. They, they teach about Nero, and he was crazy, right? And he burned down Rome, and, and he did it to make some more room so that he could build Rome the way he wanted to. And guess what? When you b- burn down someone's house and their businesses and people start dying, the people aren't happy, right? So the people begin to revolt during this time of Nero, and to take some heat off himself, he blamed the minority religious group, which were the Christians at the time. There weren't many of them, which began a dark season. You can just imagine of persecution where Christians were being hunted down, literally lit on fire, put wax on, and they, were, they would light the roads. If you want to read about it, read about Nero's circus, right? They were being crucified all in the name of Caesar. This is a hard time. And this was the context that Peter wrote this letter. And Peter himself was captured and crucified upside down as, as time progressed. So it's not an easy time. But this is, this is, as Peter writes this letter, he's writing the letter to help the churches with these questions. What do we do now? As we're hiding out underground, how do we respond to the hostility and suffering? And how do I now live under this pressure? And Peter, I told you last week, he starts pointing out their identity. The first thing you have to understand is who you are. That, we, oh, that only in Jesus we can find hope, strength, perseverance. And he can even redeem this moment. We think that it's never going to change. Have you ever said this is never going to change? Imagine you being hunted. Those are lines that you say. This is never going to change. It can never get any better. My suffering will last for the rest of my life. If you ever have gone to Rome, which I have a couple years ago, it has more churches than I've ever seen in my life. Can you imagine your whole life thinking, it can never change. It can never change. And then Peter is like, no, God is good. He can even take this and change the whole story. And you walk through the streets of Rome today, and you understand God changed everything in the midst of the darkest times. That it, when we say it, this, our story cannot change, God says, don't. He, he says, trust me. I even got this moment. There is a cross in, 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 in the Colosseum. Do you guys know that? There is a giant cross in the Colosseum. Can you imagine the Colosseum back then that you could imagine the cross there? There was no way you could imagine that God could change that sort of history. There is a cross in the Colosseum, guys. God can change anything. And if we believe God is good, 
no matter what you're going through, he can change the end of the story. You, we, you and I, we have no idea what God is capable of, even though we're in our story really deep. We're in our season. It's really hard. But God, he writes the end of the story. Amen? So with that hope in mind, Peter begins to speak, and he encourages them. In the darkest time, he says, don't be discouraged. Don't give up. This will only last a little while. The world is not your home. This is not all there is. And if this is truly your identity, then here are the implications for your life and our lives today. I said it last week, but our identity determines our activity in our workplace, in our families, in our politics, in our school, in our marriages, in the culture. So now go in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. All right. We celebrate the Word of God because it reveals Jesus, and Jesus changes our lives. I'm going to start reading very quickly. Peter says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Verse 3, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So Peter begins by saying hard times are coming, and if not now, they're coming soon. So it's time to grow up. And so just rem I'm going to just remind you, that's Peter saying this, not me. All right? Peter says to us today, grow up. That's a harsh word for some of us. He's like, shut up, Peter. Right? He says, you can't continue the way you started. Listen, God takes you as you are with all our crazy, right? But he's not wanting to keep you where you are because people are depending on you. You can't remain babies, Peter says. We can't feed you any longer. You need to be self-feeding. Listen, I love babies. Babies are super cute, but man babies are gross, right? When you're 28 years old in a diaper and needing changing and needing feeding, that's gross, right? The, and, and if there's always like, you need to help me, why aren't you helping me? At some point, we're like, oh, man, you, you're, making, you're driving me crazy. And, and that's what he's talking about. It's time to grow up in your salvation. Develop and learn. Stop dealing with the same issues you have dealt with in the past 10 years. There has to be progress. At some point, you got to dive into your mess and stop playing at the shallow end, Peter says. The slander, the hatred, the manipulation, the hypocrisy, being two-faced, the envy, the jealousy. It just can't continue. Peter can't pretend it's okay. He says, grow up. There's so much more for you. I'm not saying this for me. I'm saying it for you. Verse 4, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So Jesus is the living stone. He's the foundation, right? And the base. And we are little living stones, right? We're building material. The walls, the drywall, the lights. He's the master builder. And he's building us on Jesus, connecting us together. He's connecting us together. So when you think about the church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you. I know you, you, you hate this. Enjoy. You're right. All right. You can turn around. Candace, come here. You're going to connect to this guy. Right? 
This is Paul. This is Candace. He's connecting us together. That's it. Oh, yeah. Enjoy this. How do you like that? Yes. Yeah. He's so shy. He probably hates this. Yeah. You'll live. You'll make it. But he's connecting us together. Come here, Ashley. Connect. Let's, let's connect together, right? Enjoy. Jesus is the foundation, but we alone are not the church. He's connecting us together, and as he connects us together, we can, we can hold the, the presence of God. We cannot do it alone. Ashley needs me, even though she doesn't believe it at all right now, right? I need Ashley. I need Paul. I need Candace. She knows that, or my life would be chaos, right? But think about it. We are being built up. You guys can be seated. Built up together. You cannot do this faith thing alone. And some of us have tried, right? We, we listened to Justin Bieber. He was complaining about the church. And I was like, I, I totally agree with you. He's like, I think people go to church just to go to church. And he, I was like, I think so too, right? But, but God says that's how he works things out. That's the church. We're a dwelling place. As, we're, as we come together, we are designed for praise and for community. We are not a place. We are all pieces of a house that together contain the presence of God. And I know people say, I don't need a church. My faith is personal. I can do it myself. I don't need community. People wrestle with the church because church is messy. It is. It is. Listen, I know being a part of a community is hard, right? Your family is hard enough. You're like, I want to be a part. You want, God, you want me to be a part of another community, right? Right? It's hard enough. But people let you down in the church. It's true. Leaders sometimes fail and miss it. Hey, guess what? So do you, right? But it's in community that we bear the image of God. It's in community we grow. It's in community we shine Jesus. And so now Peter is showing us the church out of who we are. Together flows what we do. We need each other. And we need to know our role in the world. How many of you guys want to know what your role is in this world, right? You're like, I'm a Christian. Christians go to church. No, Peter's like, yeah. But out of understanding who we are together should flow what we do. And this is what he explains in verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Say a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices accessible to God through Jesus Christ. A holy priesthood. So there's three roles of a priesthood, and I'm going to tell you all three. Number one, if you have taken notes, write this down. The priests lead in the worship of God. The priest, priests lead in the worship of God. The main role of a biblical priest was to lead God's people in regular worship, right? We are, we lead, we are in charge of the worship. This is not Jen's role, right? We all are, wor are the worship team. We all are worship leaders, right? So the church exists first and foremost for the worship of God. That's your role. And you are complete when you're like, oh, I'm not going to participate. All right, you, you're going to be missing out on part of your role, right? And, and, and worship, I'm telling you, is more than singing, right? It's more than church attendance. Worship is everything we do. Everything we do from gathering on Sunday, from working on Monday, from the way we raise our kids, to, uh, to, the, to our generosity, to the way we share our lives, to share our faith from, uh, for people far from Him. Worship is all-inclusive. Worship is all-inclusive. 
It's not piece by piece. It's not here and there doing Christian stuff. We lead the worship of God by the way we live. I want you to remember that. We lead the worship of God by the way we live. Living in such a way that they see the distinction that Jesus makes in our life. Number two, the priests represent God to people. They communicate God's word. They reflect God's attitude and heart to our world. That's a big deal. Think about that. I know we're not perfect. We're not Jesus, but we are his church. So we live aware of his presence every day, knowing that our lives make Jesus credible. It does. It makes him credible. We carry his name, his generosity, our attitude, the way we treat people, especially from those people who offer us nothing. That's how you know your own heart. How do you treat people who offer you nothing? Right? Who are not on the same social economic level, who are maybe not on the same culture as you. How do you treat those people? Because that's how you really treat people. Because we treat people who can give us something a certain way. We do. Right? We, we, we might not like to say that out loud, but we do. But how do we treat people who can give us nothing in return? See, we represent Jesus to the lost, to the down and outers, showing no matter how far from God you are, there's room at this table for you. You're not too far from the love of God. People felt comfortable being around Jesus. We talked about that in life group. We're like, people just, they were okay coming to Jesus, right? Now, let me ask you, can people come to you on their worst days? Do you make room for people who are not all together, not like you, who might not even believe the same things you believe? Because Jesus did. Number three, the priests represented people to God. This is very important for us here. They, they would go before God with prayers for the people who needed God, who needed hope, who, who could not believe and go for themselves, asking God to for, for his forgiveness, asking for his mercy. And, and, and they would do that for someone else. Sometimes we stand in the gap. Hebrews 4.14 says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, this is talking about Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Jesus is our high priest, and we are junior priests, all right? We take people to God. We stand for, uh, in the gap for people. We speak his truth. We live his grace. You are junior priests. Tell your neighbor you're a junior priest. That's right. You're a junior priest. That's right. And if we think our life and faith doesn't matter, you're absolutely wrong. Your life and faith are so vital. So let me finish telling you who you are and who we are together. Verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who have called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Church, that's who you are as a group. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about a building. You're a spiritual, life-giving house, a holy royal priesthood, a, a new chosen race, a holy nation, God's chosen people. You are much more than you know. I'm going to say that again. You are much more than you know. Much more. There's so much more in you than you can even imagine. Not because you earned it or you're good, but because Jesus is good. 
Jesus is good. The life he lived, the cross he bared for our sins, the resurrection from death so that we could live his life now and forever. Jesus is our living cornerstone. And the cornerstone, it frames the whole building. It sets the lines. It holds the structure. Listen, everyone has a cornerstone. What's yours? Martin Luther said this, that your cornerstone is whatever you build your life on. Think about that for a moment. What today are you building your life on? Today, many people, they are building their life on, their identity on, money, work, sex, acceptance from others. Some of us, we really deal with that. I understand that. I can deal with that. Beauty, we, I am what I look like. Being a good person, I am what I think of, other people think of me, Right? Control. If I can control this, then I I got this. Marriage. If my marriage is okay, then I'm okay. Comfort. My intelligence. My usefulness. Whatever is your core identity that gives you purpose and meaning, what you value most, that gives you value. But Jesus tells us, and Peter's telling these people that have gone through the worst times of their life, that all these foundations will crumble. And what if you lose? What if you lose that business, that status, that wife, that beauty? Who are you then? Because we all lose our beauty, right? It was a lot easier to lose weight when I was 25 than I am today. And I eat too much cake. Yeah, it's true, right? Uh, the other night, oh, I'm sorry, Candace, I'm outing you. Candace comes home after, like, worship practice, and I'm like, where are you going? And she's like, I didn't eat. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm like... All right, give me an ice cream sundae. And she's like, all right, and a hamburger. I said, we'll start dieting on Monday. <laughs> I said that last year, I think. <laughs> but there's, a, there's, we're trying to find our identity in something. Who are you then when your world shakes? Because everything, it doesn't last. Everything will be shaking. We are not immune from life's earthquakes. Has anyone been through an earthquake? Yeah, all you Californians, right? Yeah, you guys, raise your hands. I remember the San Francisco earthquake of 1989. I was in middle school. I think I was in sixth grade, yeah, giving away my age in my face, right? I, I, was, I got home. I was sitting watching my little TV. I was watching rap videos, all right, <laughs> which I did, like, all through middle school. Enjoy that one, right? And I was sitting in my 500-foot basement. We lived in San Francisco for the six of us, right? And everything, and, and, and it started to shake. Just imagine it shaking. Like, that was a part of the earthquake there. I remember walking out my doors, and everything had fallen. Everything that was not ready for the shaking broke and fell over. Many people got hurt, but it was not from the shaking itself, but it was from the building, the structures, the bridges that were not built on a firm foundation. It was built on a false foundation. And let me ask, let me tell you, in our life, for a while, everything will look good. But in your life, everything will be shaken. Everything. I wish it was not true, but it's just true. And what is not built on Christ, it just will not last. It won't. Today, I just want to remind who you are. That you're not just existing, you're not just surviving, 
Jesus promises us that he will never crumble. He says this in 1 Peter 1, right? It will never fade. It will never spoil. You will not be put to shame. Everything else will. Everything else, everything we own will one day be on Facebook Marketplace for a quarter of the cost we bought it for, right? You're like, oh, it's on Facebook Marketplace. I was talking to someone today. They, they had their Audi. They were driving in the snow. It got hit by ice, and now that Audi doesn't work, right? And you're like, oh, this is so nice. But everything breaks down. Everything fades, no matter what you put your prized possession in. So I want, I want to ask you, as the church, as living stones, let us build our life on Jesus. I want to remind you, that's who you are. That's why you exist. You're not surviving through life. You have a purpose. You have a job. Your activity flows from your identity. Who you are is determined. Who you are determines what you do. And so as we close today, for the Christians in this room today, do you know who you are? Just bow your heads for a moment. I really mean this from my heart. Do you know who you are? Because this world needs you. They need for the church of Jesus Christ to know their identity. Do you know your role? You've been called out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a holy, royal priesthood. And our city needs you to come alive, to be who God made you to be, to bring people to God and to bring God to people. Church, we are a spiritual life-giving house together where the presence of God dwells and moves. We are building something today. Not so that we can be comfortable, but to comfort those who are uncomfortable outside these walls. Like Jesus, he left the walls of heaven. He could have stayed. He could have done his thing and said, I'm good, man. They let them mess up themselves. But he left the walls And he was rich, but he became poor. He was almighty, and he became normal. He didn't need to die on the cross for us to take our sin. He could have let us take our own sin, which we couldn't have handled. We would have destroyed ourselves eternally. That is the good news of the gospel. As we lean into Jesus Christ, we can take our role. As we lean into the identity that God gives us, we can live out the role that God calls us to. But I want to tell you, Peter says to us today, it's time to grow up. It's time to deal with your past, your issues. Don't let them remain. We cannot let another year go by and be the same. For those who are new to faith, who's checking all this out, You might have even grown up in church and you know this Jesus stuff, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you know there has to be more to life than this. I invite you just to take one step towards Jesus, maybe even a prayer. God, if what John is saying is real, speak to my heart, change my heart, and let me take one step of submission saying, God, I want to trust you, but help me trust you and for all of us today as Peter would say is welcome to the priesthood no matter if you're a teacher a warehouse worker at a coffee shop or in an office or at home you are priests of your domain priests at the water cooler priests making coffee be good news bring good news bring God to people and people to God And as we close, I have homework for you. 
And I want you to take this in. Tomorrow, simply start by asking God as you wake up, God, open my eyes today to see how you see. Open my heart today to feel as you feel and give me holy, sacred moments. Put people in my way and me in people's way. Holy Spirit, it's not what we do that's sacred. It's who we do it for. Give us the awareness of your presence everywhere that we could be mobile houses of God. I pray that you pray that tomorrow morning. Jesus, be with us as we close and as we leave today, Lord God. Comfort those who need to be comforted today. And Lord, spur on those who are too comfortable, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, everything is shaken, but only that is built on Christ will last, Lord God. I pray we build our life on you, Lord. And as we leave today, we leave on a mission, knowing our role, that we are a holy, royal priesthood. First, to worship you, to bring God to people, and to bring people to God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. God bless you, and thank you for coming. God bless you. Get to know one another. Invite someone to lunch. Invite someone to lunch. Get into each other's lives. God bless you guys.